Welcome to All Ears, Senior Living Success, where we talk with industry leaders to make sure you find success in your community. My name is Matt Reiners, and I'm the co-founder of Eversound, a company dedicated to improving quality of life for older adults by giving them the gift of hearing. Welcome back. Today, I'm joined by Laura Ellen Christian, Vice President of Client Engagement at Educate. Laura Ellen and I first got to know each other when she was at the Arbor Company and have grown to know her as an advocate for our industry, the people that we help and serve, and it's just overall a great person. So thanks for joining me today, Laura Ellen. Of course, Matt. I can say the, the same about you. It's good to be with you today. So Laura Ellen, you've, you've got a really unique story where you know you worked your way up from an activity director to what seems like you pretty much did everything. Um, at the Arbor Company to, you know, being the SVP of engagement and training. You know, I'm curious, what was the most surprising thing after you joined to the vendor side after being and spending 17 years on the provider side? Yeah, that's, that's a really great question. So my career with Arbor was so amazing. And like you said, I, I was really able to engage in so many aspects of the business and industry through that. And it's an experience that I will always be grateful for. My journey really, I think, helped shape ultimately how I was able to lead a team and a department and engage with the company. And really, that was from a lens of collaboration, which I think has been the most surprising for me um, joining Educate is that collaboration is still at the forefront. Um, I haven't really found the vendor side of things to be like cutthroat or competitive, <laughs> you know, thank goodness. I was kind of nervous about that and I'm really not cut out for that. So I've, I've been delighted at how willing industry partners have been to reach out, to give advice, make connections. That includes you, Matt. You've been such a great friend um, through my whole journey um, in the last several years of, of senior living and I think this industry really has a unique feel of that community and culture. And it, it, I've been delighted that it exists regardless of how you fit in, whether that's a provider, a vendor, a resident, you name it. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And if, if you're not a part of that culture, you'll, you'll usually get found out pretty quick. And uh, there's other conversations to be had then. But, you know, I, now that you have like such a unique experience, you know, being on both sides of that table, is there anything that one side should know about the other? Yeah. So we kind of laugh at it at my team now of, um, I'm kind of getting my, um, dose of my own medicine in this role with educate. So serving as a, you know, senior VP with Arbor, of course, I got a lot of, um, reach outs and calls and emails from vendors and, from me, probably definitely you, from me. Yeah, ever found. Um, and it's it's impossible to respond to them all, but I was never annoyed by them. So good for you to know, Matt. You never annoyed me, right? It's um <laughs> so now I try not to take that personally, right? If folks don't respond or get back to me. So for providers, I think knowing that phone calls, emails, maybe tags in social media. It's really coming from a place of care and a desire for collaboration. I think most, probably not all, but most vendors in this industry truly want to help and understand that, you know, one size doesn't fit all. 
I think that phrase of we're in this together, you know, what Educate offers may not be right for you and your organization right now, but maybe there'll be some mutual connection, you know, down the road. So don't get put off, um, engage as you have time and interest. I think the same goes for vendors. So when I was making the transition, um, Jack York was kind enough to, to have a conversation with me. And, and one thing that really resonated with me about what he shared is the industry, this industry is so incredibly loyal. And because of that, it results in a slower adoption. So I think focusing on providing a quality product and then be patient and know that silence doesn't always mean that people aren't interested. I think the process takes longer for this industry because we are caring for people and providers are making decisions that sometimes impact thousands of people. So I think vendors need to understand and respect that. You know, I used to cry a little bit when I would reach out to you, Laura Allen, and you want to get back, but it's good to hear, you know, and I'll definitely not take that personally. That's right. <laughs> um, now, I know with, you know, I know Educate specializes in training and while at Arbor, one of your focuses was training as well. And, you know, in addition to engagement, you know, and I'm curious, seeing on both sides now, I'm sure you've seen a lot of good things, a lot of bad things, but where do you think as an industry, you know, we're, we're swinging and missing when it comes to current training and, you know, and opportunities for that. Yeah. So, so educate hosted, a um, kind of kicked off our virtual road trip, which is just a series of educational webinars for the year just recently. And our guest speaker said something that really, really resonated with me and really connects with, with your question. I think of as an industry, we have always focused first on compliance training, and then we tried to squeeze in other stuff. So of course, state regulations being compliant in those ways is, is important, but what if as an industry, we shifted to offering education and training that connected to each person and not just their current role, but also to their growth. Um, and then did that double back check to make sure we're also being compliant with, with other things that we need to put on that list. But we talk a lot about person-centered care and, you know, what about person-centered training and education? Absolutely. Right. Hey, we all learn differently. We all have different motives and yeah, I mean, it, it starts with the person. And if we're providing that person-centered care to our residents, we need to do it with our, our staff. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm curious over the last decade or so, how have you seen training change? Yeah. So, you know, no surprise. I think it's definitely shifted to um, online learning and learning management systems and using that as part of how we um, formulate our training plans and, and educational opportunities. And, and that has its pros and cons. I think that's increased accessibility um, which is a shift we've seen training take as well. People are seeking out more training and education opportunities. So having online options, having autonomy of topic choice is important, as well as the on-demand features that we continue to see connected with training and education so that you can engage in it as time allows for you. But often a con in that is you're losing sometimes that element of engagement and support 
to help people turn knowledge into action, right? To help them practice and explore application of what they're learning. And we've seen evolution of that a little bit, I think, you know, development of micro learning courses, um, other ways that really help people reinforce skill building in small doses. So that's great. Another shift, I think, is recognizing the importance of the learner and how they contribute to the training experience. Mm -hmm. So during my tenure at Arbor, very fortunate that I was just raised in the culture that training and education was always focused on the learner, not the presenter, right? So I really, really enjoyed that as part of my role of connecting with people, facilitating conversation for learning. I think that's still evolving for our industry, um, trying to shift from talking to people to talking with people, shifting the mentality that every meeting or quick team huddle or one-on-one -on -one conversation is really an opportunity for learning and sharing. So, you know, ways that we can really integrate it into the culture rather than it being the static one-time thing that you're offering. Yeah, no, it makes so, makes so much sense. I mean, we all learn differently nowadays, right? And it's just kind of, you got to evolve with the times and how people learn. And you kind of started touching on this a little bit, Laurel, and, and definitely want to know too, you know, how do you see training continue to evolve as we look into the future here? Yeah, I, I think in some ways, I think it's, it's starting to come back full circle to in-person experiential in nature, really trying to capitalize on the, the human interaction and engagement. And technology has definitely helped us do that. There are you know, tons of virtual platforms that you now can engage in in a lot of different ways. I think we're seeing the continued impact of experiential training, simulations like Dementia Live, the entrance of VR into the training space, which I get really excited about. It's essential to have interactive components to your training program. Recently, I attended the um, Validation First World Congress. It was hosted by Link Senior and the Validation Institute for Training. And one of the speakers said, the most important thing and the most difficult thing for staff to learn is seeing the world through different glasses. And I think that definitely speaks to the value of keeping experiential and immersive training as key pieces to a program. I think we're also gonna see evolution in how we leverage online training. I think online learning is starting to and will continue to evolve into more of an engagement platform. I think the clunky LMS systems are phasing out, you know, where it's just, presenting static information, and it's going to be replaced with more high-tech intuitive systems, really bringing how we're able to leverage artificial intelligence into the training and education world, really driving how we engage in, in the moment, relevant, like short chunks of content that provide a more personalized experience for the learner. I think when you combine that with ways that you can drive empathy and inspiration, right? That really gives people a desire to want to learn more. And if we make a shift from training being a one-time presentation to more of a long-lasting coaching conversation, that I think all of that combined 
will really shift us to better skill building, better growth opportunities for people. And I think that all is going to help us get towards our ultimate goal, I think, for the industry, which is increasing quality of life. We're going to do that for the learner, for the, our team members, and um, definitely for our residents and, and those that we're serving. Yeah, absolutely. So many great nuggets in there, Laura Ellen. And, uh, you know, so I think the days of someone going up to the front of the room, having a PowerPoint, talking at someone for 60 minutes and expecting everyone to learn is, is it's not it's not the thing anymore. And I think you hit a really important note talking about being experiential and immersive and it really helping to build that empathy and you had mentioned the person talking and like seeing it through other people's eyes which i really think allows that and being someone who's gone through the dementia live training myself you know definitely you know you feel that it's it's tough to put yourself into someone else's shoes but when you have the opportunity to do that it definitely helps to build that empathy and, and make you i mean you won't understand perfectly but it's better I understand a little bit more than I would have. So we can definitely, you know, incorporate that into all that we do. You know, Laurel, one of my, my favorite questions, if you were to give senior living providers or other vendor companies, just, you know, three guiding principles as they go through the next year, what would you say? Yeah, so I recently put a survey out to the world to, to see kind of how folks connected with some, some guiding principles that Educate has. And I was really pleasantly surprised with the, the top three that came back. So, and they have personal connections with me as well. So I think these have always kind of been something that, that have been, you know, lights for me. So the first one is kindness, empathy, and understanding matters. So connecting with that phrase for me, um, that really connects to my mom. Um, she is a saint. She is always helping others, always bending over backwards for our family and, and people close to us. Um, and e even people that she's not close to, she's just, we call her Saint Jennifer and she's just a guiding light for all that know her and, and definitely me. And, and I think that should be true for every leader. And I think also people shifting the mentality in that light of we're all leaders, regardless of our position, right? Someone is always looking up to you. Someone is always following your lead. So how are you doing that with that guiding principle of kindness, empathy, and understanding? Um, so that's one of my really favorite ones. The next one connects to my dad, and it's authentic communication creates trust. My dad is a hardworking farmer from small town USA, and really more so by his actions than words. I learned the importance of authenticity, of building solid relationships, um, quality over quantity. Um, he's from a generation where, you know, a handshake was all you needed and, and he still operates in that way. He's got a, a flip phone and a shirt pocket that rings constantly. He has no email address, if you can imagine that. So if you want to get something done, right, have a conversation and follow through on your promises and life should really be that simple. So, so that's one that I think is, is really important in today's world of where we get caught up sometimes in the, the emails and the social media of the importance of just having some good communication and, and picking up the phone or, or meeting in person with someone. The last one I love because it's a connection to one of the founders of the Arbor Company, M.E. Costello. And he had a saying that is always be on the far side of fair. 
right? So it also connects to do the right thing for the right reasons. Judd Harper, who leads Arbor, now he still uses that as a guiding principle. And I think of it often when hard times pop up, hard situations. So I think you can use this in your life and in your business. And, and if you're always erring on the far side of fair, right, then you can rest easy at night. You may not realize the impact of those decisions in the moment. And I think sometimes when it's that hard decision, you might seem like making it because it's the right thing to do might be setting you back, right? So it's kind of hard to make that decision. But I think you have to trust that doing that and living by that is putting those positive ripple effects into the world. And so you'll, you'll eventually see a return on being true to that, that principle. So those are my three. I love it. I love it. So many amazing gold nuggets in this conversation, Laura Ellen. Well, I want to thank you for joining me. It's been awesome getting to know you over these last few years and super excited to see how you continue to impact this industry. And uh, thanks again for joining. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, Matt. If you'd like to know when we post the next episode, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you're interested in how Eversound can help improve the quality of life in your community, find out more at eversoundhq.com.